In those days, the crest was in service to the Shade, protectors of Heartvale. Nobility is a fascinating construct. We of the Crest have traveled far, and we have seen empresses and kings, despots and warlords, lords and ladies. In all of the lands we've seen, there is one constant. Those with power love to flaunt it especially in the faces of those who do not have it. As mercenaries, we stand apart from those with power and those without. So often we have no rights, no claim to the world around us. And yet those with power, with money, surrender their power to us in exchange for our services. Does this make us weaker or stronger? Does this make us free? Lord Defara's grand fate is two days away and has become the talk of the Howl. Members of the council will be in attendance, and there are even rumors that the ducks will make an appearance. Power flaunted. Yes, power. And yet, they won't even know that we've come and gone. Welcome back for another episode of Errant Adventures. As always, I'm your game master and solo player, Steve Morrison. On this week's episode, Ben deals with the aftermath of sabotaging Percival's Ale. Find out what happens on episode 15, The Weeping Eye. It's night in Hartvale, in Percival's Ales, and the brewer Percival is sleeping in his small room above his brewery. He is sleeping through the night, much as he does every night, when suddenly he starts awake, and he cocks his head and listens as there is a faint sound of metal on wood coming from below him. He's groggy for a moment as he thinks that maybe he just woke from a dream and is still having those last afterthoughts of that dream. But no, that sound... That sound is coming from downstairs, from his cellar, from the cellar where he keeps all of his precious beer. 
Percival rises and grabs a small lantern, which he lights. He descends down the steps from his apartment into his brewery, and he grabs the nearest weapon, the massive wooden paddle that he uses to churn his mash. He makes his way towards the stairs that lead down into the cellar, and as he gets a few feet away, a figure in a dark cloak and a black hood emerges from the cellar and stops, suddenly aware of his presence. Percival warns this stranger that he picked the wrong brewery to break into and to muck about. And the figure in the hood tries to intimidate Percival and to tell him that if he backs off, there will be no harm done. But Percival loves his beer. Percival loves his brewery. And he's not going to let some thief, some brigand break into his brewery and damage his beer. He can hear behind the figure the sounds of liquid lapping against the stones below. And this overwhelming fury rises in Percival's chest. He raises up the paddle and charges forward at the figure. For his part, Ben, lowering himself down in a defensive stance and watching as the large brewer approaches, has no desire to fight this man. He has completed his task. The reason that he came here was to destroy those barrels of beer in the cellar and to poison the beer that is fermenting in the tanks in the brewery. And he has done that. He has fulfilled his mission here. There is no reason for him to stay and fight. And so, in order for Ben to escape, he is going to try and duck around the brewer as Percival comes in swinging with the paddle and try to make his way out, away from this place and into the night. And to do that, instead of engaging in combat here, he is going to face duress. Because I don't think it is his aim to hurt Percival in any way. It is his aim to escape this place. So when you do something difficult where your ability to do so is seriously in question, roll plus steady. So Ben's steady is 2. I'm going to take my 2d6, and we are going to roll this face duress and see what happens. Three on the dice, plus two is a five. I think the last three rolls that I've made with these dice have all been either two or three on the dice. So 
not doing so great for me right now. So on a five, that is just a complete mess. So he is unable to get around Percival. And I think because of that, he's going to have to fight the brewer. I think this is forcing him into a position. He tries to duck around and I think Percival says, oh no, you don't. And like trips him with the paddle. Ben sprawls out and the brewer with a surprising amount of speed is on top of him, swinging down the paddle onto his shoulder and his head. And I think he is lashing out with this survival sense now as he draws a dagger out and is going to try and stab it into the brewer's leg to distract him. Again, I don't think he's trying to kill Percival, but at this point he's trying to disable him or in some way stop him from killing Ben. And so this is going to be an engage in combat. So when you attack someone with the intent to do harm, roll plus fierce. Okay, so my fierce is plus two. Yet again, we're going to roll our d6s and see what happens. Here's hoping for a better result. Nine on the dice plus two is an 11. So on a hit, 10 plus or seven and nine, choose one of the following. I can attack with vigor, inflict plus one harm, parry their blows, take minus one harm, battle aggressively, inflict plus two harm, but take an additional plus one harm yourself, fight defensively, inflict minus one harm, but take an additional minus two harm to yourself. So I'm going to say that Ben is fighting defensively. And what this represents is he lashes out with his blade, and I think he nicks the brewer's knee with the blade and causes a little bit of blood to start flowing. But it's not so much that it deals a full harm to the brewer, but I think what it does is it distracts him enough that the paddle smashes into the floor next to Ben's head, and he's able to roll out of the way. Additionally, because I did get a 10+, I get to pick one of the following. You stymie your opponent. They must change their behavior somehow. You are impressive or dominant. Gain the attention or respect of those present. Or you achieve a goal. You may change the situation, grab something from your opponent, push them somewhere, block their entrance or exit, etc. I think this is an obvious choice here. I'm going to achieve a goal, and that goal is to escape. So Ben slashes the brewer in the leg. It is distracting enough that the paddle goes wide and smashes into the floor as Percival is readjusting and finding his footing again, Ben rolls to his feet, scampers for the door, and makes his escape. Because he didn't actually do a full harm to the brewer, Percival is pushed back a little bit. Ben is able to make it out the door, but the brewer in this fugue state, this rage, is going to chase after him 
yelling, you know, get back here. I'm going to make you pay for this. And is swinging the paddle back and forth. And for this, Ben is going to do a black hood move, which is like a shadow in the darkness. When you are being chased, searched for, or otherwise trying to make yourself scarce or unseen, roll plus steady. So I'm going to roll plus two once again, and let's see how this goes. Double ones. So that is two on the dice, plus two is a four. On a miss, the black hood draws unwanted attention. It's an occupational hazard. Okay, so I think he emerges out into the darkened streets and Ben is running away as Percival is chasing after him, yelling. And I think the unwanted attention here is that there is a patrol of City Watch that are walking by. And as Ben emerges into the street, they kind of turn with their lanterns raised high and they see a figure in a dark cloak emerging out of this place. And then an enraged man chasing him with a paddle and they are going to try and pursue Ben themselves. So I think once again, this is going to be another face duress as Ben is trying to get away from them. This could get real bad. So 2d6 plus steady, here we go. Went from double ones to double sixes. So that's 12 on the dice plus two for steady is 14. So on a 10 plus, you have achieved what you set out to do. So Ben is running through the streets as Percival and the City Watch are pursuing him, and he finds a spot where he can make a couple of jumps and scamper up a side of a building, and he gets up onto the roofs and makes his way away from the scene of this sabotage. And that seems like a good place to end that scene. So overall, Ben was successfully able to sneak into Percival's and poison the beer. However, the chaos factor is definitely going up. So the chaos factor goes from six to seven, as the Kingsword criers are definitely going to be talking about this thief in the night. And uh, Ben makes his way back to his apartment and is going to rest and sleep and I think wake up the next day. And what is the next scene? I think let's, before we make a new scene and roll on it, let's go ahead and ask the fate chart some questions here. So Percival's beers are all ruined. We were successfully able to do that task. So by all rights, the contract with Lord Defara is canceled. The question is, is Percival proud enough to make his way to one of his 
other brewers and basically ask for a loan of beer. I don't think so. I think there is a certain amount of pride that the various brewers in the city take in their craft. And so he is not going to want to pass someone else's beer off as his own. So I think it is almost impossible that he is going to ask someone else for their beer in order to fulfill this contract. But let's ask the fate chart to find out. So I'm going to take my 2d10s and I'm going to roll and our cast factor is 7. So here we go. 78, which is in fact a no. No, he is not going to ask anyone for assistance. So in the morning, after he has returned back to the brewery and has assessed the damage done to his beer, Percival is going to make his way over to Lord Defara's estate and is going to speak with the Majordomo or whoever is responsible for purchasing the various accoutrements of this party and is going to regretfully inform him that he will not be able to fulfill his contract. Now, does Percival then do as Ben hopes and recommend Merrick as a good second brewer to go talk to, I think that is likely. I think that Percival and Merrick, while rivals, are friendly enough that they have this shared respect for each other. So we are going to go ahead and roll our fate chart, ask the question, is Percival going to recommend Merrick? I think it's likely. 36 is a yes. So fortunately, no hiccups in this plan so far for Ben, as Merrick has been recommended to the Defara estate as a substitute for Percival's beer. Percival returns to his brewery to do his cleanup after this terrible, terrible course of events, and the representative from Lord Defara's estate goes to Merrick's brewery and hires him to provide the beer. I think that means our next scene is going to be Ben visiting Merrick, and this is going to uh, require us to roll our d10, and compare it to our chaos factor of 7 to see if our scene is altered or interrupted in any way. And uh, here we go. A 3, which is below our chaos factor and an odd roll, which means it is an altered scene. So this would be the next logical scene idea. Okay, I think instead of Ben visiting Merrick, it is in fact Merrick who pays a visit to Ben. I think because Merrick knows that Ben is a member of the Crest, his first instinct is to go to the Crow's Nest looking for Ben. And Ben is going to be there. In the Crow's Nest, 
Van is sitting at a table. It's mid-morning at this point. He's just arrived after having slept in a little bit from his nightly escapade. And he is sitting at a table eating a small bowl of oatmeal when the door opens and Merrick stalks into the crow's nest. The crest who are present turn and look because there is an electric change in the energy and air of this place as Merrick pushes open the door and stomps into the heart of the crest. Ben looks up from his bowl and sees his old friend whose eyes have found him and are staring with a ferocity. And Merrick approaches. Ben smiles a little bit, although he is maybe thrown a little bit off by the intense look of anger in Merrick's face. Ben rises a little bit and says, Merrick, my friend, it's good to see you. And... Merrick slams a fist down on the table and says, Ben, I know it was you. How could you do this? Ben looks at him, looks around at the other crest, some of whom have risen and placed hands on their weapons. Ben, with a very imperceptible shake of his head, says, Merrick, please sit down. The brewer looks at him and says, I I just, I cannot fathom why you would do that to Percival. It's, it's not right, Ben. It's not how things are done in the city. What, who are you? I don't, I don't even know who you are anymore. I, why? I just want to know, why did you do this? With a little bit more steel in his voice, Ben says, Merrick, sit down. That shakes the brewer out of his anger for just a moment, as he's never heard his friend say anything in that tone before. He sits, and Ben looks at him, slowly lowering himself down into his own chair, and he says, You have to understand... Everything I did, I did to fulfill my contract. Is that all you care about? Ben, there are people in the city who make their livelihoods by putting in hard, honest work, and you destroyed the livelihood of one of those people, someone who is exceptional at his craft, and... And there's just this continuing radiating aura of anger coming off of Merrick. Ben says, let me try to explain. You had better. I just cannot rationalize the man that I knew as a friend, the the man that I grew up with, treating another person like this. It just doesn't make sense. 
Ben looks away from his old friend and says, You're right, I, I have changed. Believe me, I did not enjoy doing what I had to, but it is imperative that I get onto that estate. I can't tell you everything, but the nobleman, Defara, he is in possession of something magical, an, an artifact that is extremely dangerous and that has already put lives in Hartvale at risk. It's my job to get it back, and in order to do so, I need to get into that estate. And I'm sorry for using you, old friend, but the easiest way to do so is to get your beer on the menu for his fate in a couple days. I had to. I had to make sure that I had a way into that estate. And now that we've done it, I can fulfill my contract and it won't have been for naught. And I'm sure that in some way I can make it up to your friend in the future. Maybe we can buy some beer for the crow's nest. I don't know, but I'm trying to do something to protect Hartvale. You need to understand that. And we are going to roll a persuade with leverage as Ben is attempting to convince Merrick that he can still trust Ben, that he needs to help Ben complete this mission, to complete this task. And this is going to be a role of Wily. And I am going to go ahead and spend one of my honor, of which I have four at the moment, and I'm going to use that to use the honor move, Do You Know Who I Am? Which says, spend one honor to have someone you meet have recently heard something impressive about you. Take plus one forward on your next threaten with force or persuade with leverage roll against them. And what I'm basically using this for is to represent Ben explaining what he's doing with the crest and... Merrick has probably heard about some of the turmoil going on on the drift ships and the strange occurrences going on around the city. And I think he's putting that together with what Ben is telling him. And so it is going to give Ben a plus one on this persuade with leverage. So we're going to roll at plus two. Six on the dice, plus two is an eight. So on a seven to nine, the MC picks one. They want even more than what you're offering or suggesting. They want concrete proof or upfront payment of the leverage immediately before they do anything. They want something else than what you're offering or suggesting instead. So Ben is basically offering reparations to Percival in order to comfort Merrick. And I think that's probably not enough for Merrick. So what would Merrick want him to do in, uh, in order to satisfy this 
guilt maybe that Merrick is feeling. Let's roll on action and subject and see if that gives us a clue. 33. Stop. 33. Stop lies. Interesting. So I think Merrick, his shoulders slacken a little bit as he hears this. And he looks at Ben, and, and Ben feels this wave of guilt as he sees the disappointment and betrayal in Merrick's eyes. And I think he says, All right, Ben, I I understand what you're what you're saying, but I cannot reconcile the the person that I knew and who you have become. I understand if what you're saying is true, that you're trying to save lives and do right by the people of Hartvale, but it is so hard for me to see that when all I see is a friend, a, a, a fellow brewer, ruined by this. So, yes, you will have to do something to help him. As will I. I I won't be able to accept the money from this. I will have to give it to him to repay the damage that you've done. But more than that, Ben, I, I trusted you. I, you're... Well, you were my friend. I thought... I thought we were still friends, but... Well, I just can't seem to shake the idea that you're just going to use me again. So yes, I'll help you with this task. But when we're done, maybe don't come by the brewery for a while. At least not until you can prove to me that you're not just going to use me for whatever contract you're working. Just think about that. I don't want to lose you as a friend, Ben, but I... I can't live this life you're leading. I... I can't share in it. It's not for me. I'm just a humble brewer. He stands and says, I'm delivering the beer tomorrow. I'm having to tap out most of my supplies, and I'm going to have to disappoint some of the taverns in town. It's going to use up all my stores, but if it means helping Percival, then it's worth it. Maybe you should think about that before you go and ruin someone else's livelihood. And Merrick stands and walks out of the crow's nest. Ben watches him go, and there is a twist of guilt and shame in Ben's chest as he watches his friend leave. He looks down at the table in front of him and clenches his fist 
as maybe for the first time since he returned to Hartvale, he's wondering if he made the right decision. If he made the right choice joining the crest. As he is sitting there looking down at his fist, a voice says, And what has you so glum, fresh blood? Ben looks up at the lieutenant, smiling down at him with her wide, half-cocked smile. He says, I've disappointed a friend today. Her smile remains, and she says, But, Freshblood, you have no friends. There is only the crest. Haven't you learned your lesson yet? Anything from your old life is just an ephemeral notion that is better smothered in the dark. You are not going to return to a place where your friends love and respect you anymore. No, see, you're down here in the muck with the rest of us. And really, I can see it in your eyes. You love this. You enjoy our work, and I think if you give it time, you won't be so concerned about what your friends think of you anymore. You will only care about what your brothers and sisters in the crest think. Ben looks up at her, and, and there's a, a strange feeling in his mind as he looks at her, staring down at him, and he says, I thought I would never be a true member of the Crest. She keeps that smile, that eerie, discomforting smile, and says, Perhaps not, but I can try, at least, to help you see that if you want to be here, then stop worrying about what your past was. Think only of what your future is. Your future is blood and muck and death, but it can be oh so thrilling if you just embrace it. And with that, the lieutenant turns and walks away as Arid emerges from the back rooms and makes his way over to Ben. He gives Ben a, a curious look as the lieutenant is passing by and sits down and says, What was that all about? Ben says, I haven't quite decided yet if she wants 
to help me, or if she's just going to try and drive me mad. Ered smiles a little bit and says, Don't feel bad, my friend. She picks one out of every new group of recruits to antagonize. Usually they survive. I have high hopes for you. Ben looks at him and can't quite tell if Arid is joking or not. He sits back and pushes away the bowl of half-eaten oatmeal and says, Not really hungry anymore. Oh well. We have work to do, Arid. We have uh, beer to deliver tomorrow. And that's where we'll end the scene. So, even though things kind of didn't go super great for Ben, uh, I feel like the chaos factor doesn't necessarily need to go up because he was successful in convincing Merrick not to basically rat him out to either Percival or the Defara estate. So, I'm going to take the chaos factor back down to six. And I think we're going to jump ahead to the next day. The next scene is going to be delivering the beer to the Defara estate. And let's go ahead and roll our D10 and see what our scene setup looks like after we've rolled. So cast factor of six. Here we go. Another three, which is another altered scene so this is going to be the next logical scene idea so rather than it being a matter of them getting into the estate uh, and like starting the scene as they're rolling up to the estate let's start the scene at the estate they've already made it through that's kind of part of the setup of all of this hard work quote-unquote hard work that Ben has been doing is to get them inside on the day. So let's actually just change this to unloading the beer at the Defara estate. So Ben and Arid arrive the next day at Merrick's brewery and there are several carts outside and together with a couple other workers and Merrick they load up these barrels of beer into the cart and make their way to the estate. When they arrive they are passed through the hedge gate and they make their way in. There is a large pavilion inside of this hedge maze where there are all sorts of decorations set up, and there is a spot where they can pull up and begin unloading the barrels. Now, I think it is basically late summer. And so there is still a a decent amount of warmth in the air. And so what they learn when they arrive is that the Defara estate has basically a cellar underneath this pavilion. 
This pavilion was built for throwing parties and entertaining guests. And so there is a cellar that is underneath that they can then tap the beer and have it drawn up through pumps up into the pavilion so that it stays cool. So the question is, is there an entrance to this cellar from this pavilion or do you have to go through the house? I think it makes the most sense that there would be some sort of entrance in the pavilion itself because this place was built with entertaining in mind. So I think it is likely that the entrance is here in the pavilion itself. Let's ask the fate chart. Our chaos rank is six. And here we go. It is likely. Four, which is an exceptional yes. So I think what that means is that not only is there an entrance to the cellar here in the pavilion, it is entirely separate from the house. So what I was thinking is that if I had just gotten a normal yes, maybe there would have been a tunnel or something that would have connected to the house that Ben could have slipped away while they were unloading the crates to case the actual estate itself. But I think because I got an exceptional yes, this is not the case. There is no way to the house from the cellar. So Ben is going to have to come up with a different way to get a look around inside of the estate. What is the level of security in this place? I think it's probably fairly well guarded. So let's ask the fate chart. Is there a lot of security on the Defara estate? I think it's probably 50-50 because on the one hand, there's I'm sure there is some level of security. The Defara family pays guards in order to protect their estate. But because there are so many workers coming and going doing various things, I think it's likely that there would be some overlap in the number of workers that are visiting the estate at one time, and therefore the guards probably aren't going to be able to watch all of them. So let's roll, I'm going to say it's 50-50 that there are a lot of guards around. 44, which is a yes. So there are a lot of guards. We're learning a little bit about Lord Defara. He has increased the number of guards that he has on the premises while this planning for this party is going on. So I think Ben, looking around, he looks over to Arid and says, Arid, is it possible for you to make some sort of distraction? Arid says, I can make many distractions, but it depends on what you're looking for. I need to get into the house. I need to be able to find where the artifact is. With this many guards around, I don't know that I'll be able to slip it out, but I should at least be able to find it and see what we're dealing with. Of course, my friend, I think I have just the thing. And he is going to uh, wave his hands a little bit. And in fact, let's go ahead and have him 
roll harness the unspeakable power as he is attempting to tap into his power to affect one of the wagons that still has barrels on it basically to cause maybe the wood on the uh, wheels or on the axle to warp a little bit so that it causes the barrels to fall out and roll around and they have to catch them and get them back. So we are going to roll plus arcane. Four on the dice plus two is a six, which is a miss. I really feel bad for Arid that uh, he was such a proficient magical user before I made a character sheet for him and started rolling for him. So he is focusing on these wheels and is trying to cause them to warp and it's beginning to work but then i think there's this tapping sound as lord defara himself emerges into the courtyard and is walking through and i think arid feels that strange presence once again those eyes turning towards him and i think arid stops he 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 releases the power and he is unable to actively affect the wheels as he is trying to now hide his presence from whatever that sense is that is looking for him and i think ben is like watching as arid grows very still and ben says is everything all right arid says Defara is here, and that presence is still there. I don't know what it is yet, but I don't want to do anything else unless it has passed. Ben looks over and sees Lord Defara standing uh, on the other side of this courtyard, talking to his majordomo. And again, it's this relatively young man. Uh, in his 30s, leaning on a cane, and it looks as though he maybe is recovering from an injury of some sort. Uh, His skin is a little pallid, and it looks like his eyes are tired, but he doesn't necessarily look pallid in a way that he looks actively ill more that he looks as though he's recovering from some illness or some injury and ben is watching him and as this is going merrick comes by and says and uh shall we keep going there lads uh, we uh have a few more carts to unload and he kind of gives ben a look and then under his breath says Have you finished whatever you're here to do? Ben shakes his head and says, Merrick, I need a way into that house. I need to be able to look around. I need you to do something else for me. I need you to get us a look inside if you can. Or if not, give me a distraction so that I can slip away. I think Merrick looks at him and kind of uh, slumps his shoulders again 
has that look of like frustration and a little bit of that anger still there. And then he says, all right, I'll see what I can do. And he makes his way over to Lord Defara and the Major Domo. And he is going to, you know, extend his hands out and he says, Ah, my lord, I'm so grateful to you for this opportunity. I, I wanted to speak with you about uh, the beer and, and just have a few moments uh, of your time to tell you about uh, all of the various uh, delightful beers that I've brought for you. And uh, what are the chances that this is going to cause enough of a distraction for Ben to slip away? I think Merrick is a relatively uh, boisterous and uh, amenable fellow, and so I think it is somewhat likely that this is going to get the attention of Lord Defara, and he'll spend a little bit of time talking, and the guards may be more focused on that conversation going on. So somewhat likely, cast rank of six. Two is an exceptional yes. So the dice finally turn my way for a brief moment. I'm going to savor this moment. And we get an exceptional yes on this. So he is able to spend some time speaking with Lord Defara, and the guards are focused on the other workers that are moving around, and several of them move closer around Defara to ensure that he's safe from this unknown brewer. And as that happens, Ben gives Ered a nod and slips away into the main house. He is making his way through the house. I think because we got an exceptional yes, I'm going to spare myself the heartbreak and not have to roll for him to sneak around. Because there are a lot of workers coming and going into the house itself. So it's not all that challenging for Ben to, now that there's a little bit of a distraction, blend in with some of those laborers and enter the house. And he is going to look around. And I think this is a good place to ask. Is the artifact on display in, you know, one of the primary sort of gathering rooms in this estate? I think based on what we learned that it is a sure thing and we're going to roll. Our cast rank is six on a sure thing. There is a very, very small chance that we would get a no. 91, which is almost a no, but it is still a yes. So. Yes, it is on display in this main room. And let's go over to the Maze Rats charts and let's take a look at the physical forms table on the magic section. And I'm going to roll 2d6 and see what this looks like. A three and a two. So that's the third column. The second, it's an I. Ooh, that's a little scary. Uh, Let's look at the physical element and see what kind of physical element it is. Uh, Five and a two. Sap. It is a sap eye. Okay, so what that says to me is that 
it is this wooden knot that looks like it was carved out of a tree somewhere. And in fact, there's this pedestal that it is sitting on and it has this nice stand that it is resting on. And there's a basin underneath this stand and this weird wooden knot is blinking and there is what looks like a cat's eye on the inside of it. And out of that eye is leaking this weird sap that is collecting into this bowl. And as Ben enters and and sees this, he's looking at it. And what does it do? I'm going to roll and uh, we are going to see what we get for the effects of this artifact. A four and a six. So physical effect plus ethereal element. So our physical effect is a one and a three. So binding and the ethereal element is a six and a one. Thunder. So thunder that binds. So Ben is looking at this and the eye almost feels like it is watching him as if it turns and watches him. And and this is super disconcerting for Ben as he's looking at this strange cat's eye in this wooden knot that is leaking sap out of it. And he says, wolf's breath, is that what I'm supposed to steal? It's going to be harder than I thought. And he's studying it a little bit, and that's when he notices. He notices that there are small tremors in the sap that has collected in this bowl. And as he gets closer, he realizes that there are runes etched around the base of this pedestal and they glow faintly every time that sap emanates this thunderous wave that just kind of out and the runes glow a little bit and Ben is looking at this. Does it have some effect on him. It's 50-50. Chaos rank of six. Nine. It's an exceptional yes. What kind of effect does it have on him? Binding, thundering, that is the physical and ethereal elements. But I think there's maybe something else that it does that's what it that's what it does when it's like released from its hold. But what does it do here trapped inside of this display case? Let's roll on the omens and magical catastrophes table in Maze Rats. A 6 and a 3. Stones speak. 
So as Ben is standing there looking at this weird magical artifact and he's drawn in by it, I think he starts to hear voices and he he looks around quickly and no one is around him. No one is coming, but he's hearing these whispers and he looks down at the marble floor. He looks around at the walls and he's just hearing all of these whispers, these whispers that are calling to him that are telling him to reach his hand out and take the eye, to take it and embrace the glory of Vargosh. Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures. And thanks so much to Sirenscape for the lovely ambient sounds and music throughout the episode. If you enjoyed the show, please tell anyone and everyone in your life about it. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really does help others find me. If you want to interact with me, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is at ErrantSolopod, or you can email me at ErrantSolopod at gmail.com. I also post short fiction and campaign-related materials on my website, ErrantAdventuresPod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.